What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review and nerd news podcast. That's right, it's time for the 3FN Podcast. This week on the show, we are going to be reviewing the 1988 classic, Child's Play, and also talking all things D23. But before we get there, you know we're always coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I'm your host, Rich, and the nerds are all here. First of all, he is the man that just this past weekend single-handedly broke the internet with his review of the yet-to-even-be-made Avatar 22, ladies and gentlemen, is Ron. I mean, I had to sit through all 27 hours of that extended cut for you guys, and let me tell you something, it's still crap. Avatar just sucks, people. There you go, and of course, he is the man that doesn't need an introduction, yet he has the longest introduction in all of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, it's hashtag Big Natty Cool, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style, hashtag Challenge Accepted, hashtag Brand New One, Rain Man, <laughs> hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang, and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He's the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger-bearded feller. I give to you, Diesel. Sorry, everybody. It's also hashtag sleepy boy today. Mistakes were made. (laughs) Mistakes were made. Let's start with that, actually. We'll start with you because of this. Could you inform the, the fine folks at home why you are a sleepy boy? So, I had a really busy weekend, uh, Friday night here at the game store, Saturday all day at the game store, Sunday celebrating my father's birthday. Well, when I got home last night, probably around close to 9, 30, 10 o'clock, I decided, huh, now's the perfect time to start watching Cobra Kai. <laughs> and guess who one-shotted the entire season? <laughs> uh, let me guess, Diesel. <laughs> oh, yeah. Around four in the morning was when I finally wrapped up and was like, all right, I got to be at work in three hours. <laughs> and lucky you. <laughs> Yes, yes, lucky you. Hey, yep. uh, outside of that, was the weekend good? It was a good weekend. It was very busy, but I got a nice day off on Sunday, spent with my father for his birthday. It was a really good day. Awesome. Uh, Ron, how's been your week? Week was all right. Can't complain too much. We had our Wednesday group. Uh, things went well for everything so far. We're slowly moving through that campaign. Nothing major happened. Uh, we, My Friday group met this, you know, our, as normal, and they are working through with the new characters. We had, you know, had to take care of the situation where the four of them got turned into frogs and set the trap. And so that took a little bit longer than anticipated, but they finished the floor except for one room that they're going to go do. And, you know, they're probably not going to make it through that room because, you know, I've been hinting. I'm like, oh, well, let's stop here because the encounter might, you know, take a little bit longer. And none of them got the hint that it's a bad idea to go in that room. Yeah. So we're about to see this in two weeks. And then other than that, it was just weekend movie with you and my niece down from Sydney and just killed some time that way. There you go. My week was, uh, you know, pretty, uh, it was kind of busy. I shouldn't say really uneventful. I mean, my kid had his first varsity football game. Uh, they won 14 to 13, so that's pretty awesome. Then it was also his birthday the same day, so we didn't get to go out for that. So we went out the next day and we went to breakfast for his birthday. We went to see a movie with Ron. We went to dinner and then we went down to Luma down yep. in downtown Binghamton. Yep. That was a, it was a blast. 
And then finally, Sunday, I got to watch some football. So I was very excited about that. So it's overall, it's been a great weekend. Busy, kept myself real busy. Watched some Cobra Kai in there. Still got to finish that up. That's why I'm not talking about it right now. But uh, yeah, uh, unlike Diesel, I didn't stay up until four <laughs> o'clock in the morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'm not the wisest when it comes to um, self-control. That, that You could say that again. <laughs> If uh, you want to know anything about the 3FN Podcast, it's simple. Go to 3FNPodcast.com. Uh, at the website, you can find all of our social media links. You can find the link to the T Public store, so you can buy some swag, help support the show. You can find the Twitch channel link. You can also find the Patreon link, patreon.com slash 3FN Podcast. We got a new patron last week. Thank you so much, John, from The Pint. Go check out The Pint, colon. Uh, a pop culture podcast anywhere you get great podcasts i listen to it every week and i'm super stoked that uh he decided to be a patron of ours so thank you so much and if you would like to be like john for as little as one dollar a month patreon.com slash 3fn podcast that link is also on the website also you can find all the links for 3fn 607 tws friends of the show like the odph uh there's players for all those shows and more plus there's the music section where we have all sorts of links for the music acts that you hear on the show, including our good friend Shout at the Robots, who do our theme songs. Shout out to them. Make sure you support them on Bandcamp, YouTube Music, and Spotify. And of course, we have the local sponsors who help bring the show to you each and every week, commercial free. First up, the people who provide us with the 8122 Production Studios, Dragon Master Games. For all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, DragonMasterGames.com. And then, of course, Rex to Rods Auto Detailing. When you're ready to put the pride back in your ride, Diesel, what number do you call? 607-644-3389. And last but certainly not least, our good friends at Sci-Fi Horror Fest, who are thanking everybody who, who came out this past August to the, to the event. And, of course, next August 25th and 26th, We'll be back at the Vernon Downs Casino in Vernon, New York for Sci-Fi Horror Fest 2023. Keep your eyes peeled because vendor tables will be going on sale very soon, as well as early bird tickets for those who are interested. So the link is on the website as well. Sci-FiHorrorFest.com is where you go. That's right. Didn't even get to the warning track, Diesel. Didn't even get to the warning track. 3FNPodcast.com, one-stop shop. It's in the liner notes, just in case you forget. Man. We've got a busy week in the second half of the show. 3FN Movie Club review of Child's Play. But before we can get there, you know how we have to kick this show off. With this week's edition of the Nerd News. Bing, bang, boom. Fing, fang, foom. Beautiful. He was right on time this time. He's gotten better. Even though he's tired. Even though he's tired. You know what the weird part is? When he wasn't tired, he was off. (laughs) Now he's on. Well, listen, it's going to be a one-sided nerd news because D23 happened this past weekend and a lot of great news came out from it. So we want to give it time. There is one controversial thing. Now, mind you, we're not going to be talking too much about the Disney stuff because as grown men, I don't need to talk about how I'm going to cry during Inside Out 2. Just like I cried during Inside Out. That's right. You heard it here first. But... I will say this. Uh, there's a live action Little Mermaid on the way. And of course, once again, <laughs> people don't understand what. Okay, they're talking about fictional characters. Fictional characters. Are. Because there has been this little 
craziness on the internet of going, oh my God, the Little Mermaid, they made her black. She, she's, she's not even got real red hair. Oh my God, what are they doing? Disney's going woke. Oh my God. To which once again we say... Okay, they're talking about fictional characters. Fictional characters. I'm sad that we have to do this when we have to do it, but Diesel, tell these motherfuckers what they need to hear. The right. (laughs) (laughs) No, these people are fucking absurd. Like, right. Honestly, this is one of the Disney trailers I watched, and I was like, "Dude, this looks great." Like, I think this looks amazing. I think Haley Bailey looks phenomenal in the role. It's not. It's obviously not the pearly white skinned, red haired, half fish, half human. But this looks great. I think. Disney is doing a great job, and this isn't woke. Disney's always been woke, with the exception of some things in the 80s and before. <laughs> no, I agree with you. And I, like I said, I, I also think she looked good. I thought this trailer looked yeah. amazing. Yeah. I, I was very excited to see what they're putting together there for The Little Mermaid. Once again, it's not on the top of the list of my things, but I don't give a shit if the character isn't white, because there's nowhere in, in the world where it says that she had to be fucking white. You know, I mean, the only person that should be f- slighted is your ginger side. But even that doesn't care, because... Gingers are not a protected class, and we should not be a protected class. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And here's 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 the thing. I, I want to go a step further. Not this is serious, not joking. How bad do you think they're gonna be when they realize mermaids are also not real? What? Wait, what what what? what? I I know. They're not real? They're not real. They're not real. They're not real. Sorry, Ron. I've been lied to my whole life. Your whole life, Ron. So 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 they're made up? Yes, they're made up. So they can be any color that they need to fucking be? That's right. Also, (laughs) by the way, this also gets doubled down and goes for all the people bitching about Lord of the Rings and everything else. So before you come at us, just know that that if you want to, it just makes you look like the piece of shit. I just want to throw it out there because a fictional character could be whatever the fictional character needs to be. Yeah, I don't care if there's black elves in Lord of the Rings. Like, it's not my movie, but like, it's, it's fiction. It's acting. You're not hiring actual elves? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Once again, elves, they don't exist, bruh. Yeah. I just want to throw it out there. By the way, how mad do you think people are going to be when they find out that Ursula is based on Divine? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, the, er, the character of <laughs> Ursula in The Little Mermaid is based on Divine, who is one of the biggest and original drag queen yeah. superstars. And if you don't know who Divine is, <laughs> check it out. It's amazing. John, I just saw John Waters on Bill Maher, by the way. Okay. John Waters is fucking still killing it. Oh, yeah. Dude, that mustache, mwah, impeccable. <laughs> I love John Waters. But anyways, yeah. Think about it. Ursula was based off of a flamboyant... First, the the first megastar in the world of drag queens. So that's going to piss some people off if they didn't already know. But I don't know how you didn't fucking know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I get, like, some people's frustrations. But this one, like, choose your battles. Like, this this looks great. Like, flat out. Like, you can't tell me you saw the trailer and you're just like, fucking blacks can't swim. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, this looks amazing. This is, like, one of the first Disney live-action adaptations that I think looks, like, great. Like, Aladdin looked like it was going to be good. Lion King. But this one I'm, like, excited for. But that, then again, like, back in the 90s when I did watch Disney movies, Little Mermaid was one of my favorites. Yeah. 
I mean, this doesn't look bad. This looks actually pretty good <laughs> compared to like Lion King was not great to me. Yeah. And no. the reason why is because the CG animals just didn't do it for me. Yeah. There wasn't enough emotion with it. I enjoyed Aladdin, believe it or not. Yeah. Some people might not have. I did. And I, I enjoyed, once again, the biggest question there was how do you replace Robin Williams? And I think they didn't replace Robin Williams. They just did a good job of Will Smith being a, a hell of a genie. Yeah. He didn't he didn't steal any line. You know, they they played some homage, but for the most part he did his own genie. Yeah, which which was perfect. And I thought he did a great job. And you can have two in the same realm. And I once again now I understood people's plight there more because you know, Robin Williams was such an icon. However, I thought that the role was done very well by Will Smith. With that being said, this is not an an idea of, oh, we're pissed off that the role is being filled by somebody else. This is a fucking straight out, like, your racism is showing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we don't always like to be like, we like to try to find, like, oh, maybe it's just this or that. No, no, no. This is a perfect example of just bullshit. Mm -hmm. Because, listen, from what I've seen, from what I've heard, she does an amazing job. I, uh, I like what I saw in the trailer, and I've heard from numerous people uh, throughout Hollywood and publications that said that she knocked it out of the ballpark and we can't wait to see this movie. Now, on the flip side, have you seen the other people who completely misread this? And they weren't pissed off that it's a black Ariel. They thought it was an old Ariel because they thought it was Halle Berry. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Did that happen? Yes. People were, like, slamming Halle Berry for, like, taking this young role when she's, like, you know, in her yeah. 50s. And everyone's just like, you're off base here. It's Halle Bailey. It's a different person. <laughs> oh, people are stupid. Barry Bailey. Barry Bailey. <laughs> I mean, at least, listen, I, I'll say this. I have a little more. I, I have a little more sympathy for the idiots who misread it than I do for the racists. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there, and it's sad that we had to bring this up. But once again, folks, if you ever find yourself in a position where you get mad that they've casted somebody of a person of color or a transgendered person or a, a gay person or whatever in a role that is is a character from a book from from anything, just any kind of fiction, always just remember this. Okay, they're talking about fictional characters. Fictional characters. And guess what? Shut the fuck up. Sit the fuck down. If you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. But we don't want to hear your stupid fucking opinions. Mm -hmm. And if I offended you, good. I'm glad I did. That's why Diesel didn't get the warning. <laughs> <laughs> but James or Idris Elba could never be a James Bond. He is a black piss off uh, unfortunately it doesn't look like we're going to get Idris Elba because they said that they want to go with somebody younger yeah and then I was like why don't we just carry on with the new 007 because I thought she was badass in the yeah. in, in the yeah. last Bond film mm -hmm. I thought that would be a good but whatever <laughs> I'm not the one that takes care of Bond but I you know I hope right. everybody I hope you get pissed off because I hope it's a black transsexual queer person who is the next James Bond so you guys whine bitch and piss and moan because fuck you if you and if you're on board like the rest of us and we just want to see good movies just hire the best actors we yeah. can get. And, and it looks yeah. like, listen, from what I saw from that trailer, I was very, very impressed. So I may even go see The Little Mermaid, just throwing it out there, <laughs> just because it doesn't really speak to me. Not now, not as an older adult, and I don't have any young children. But you know what? It looked badass. So I like to see what they do with it. And I want to see the new song. Because yeah. they, they have to put a new song in so they can win uh, best original, yeah. uh, what is it, screenplay. Or not or screenplay, uh, song. Song. Soundtrack. Yeah, to be eligible for it. To be Oscars. eligible for it, yes. Thank you. Sorry. I was, I'm tripping all over myself. Yeah, no, we knew where you were going. Let's get on to some fun shit, and let's talk about D23. And, of course, we're just going to basically cover the Marvel, the Star Wars, the 20th Century Fox, you know, the stuff that we're nerds for. If you want to hear people cover other things, I'm sure there's other podcasts that are covering all the Disney stuff and everything else, but you know what you get here with the 3FN podcast, okay? 
Let's this. I'm taking this straight from IGN, so I'm not going in any particular order. order but uh, I thought IGN had a great list, so shout out to IGN for doing a great job covering everything at D23. Uh, the first thing that we got to see was the Mandalorian season three trailer arrived. The first trailer for season three of the Mandalorian has been revealed, and it gives us our first look at the new adventures Mando and Grogu will be going on in 2023. The trailer has the tagline of "You you are a Mandalorian no more," which was said by the armor after she learned that Din Djarin had taken his helmet off. We also see the growing conflict between Mando and Bo-Katan, as well as Mando and Grogu's return to Mandalore. How did you guys feel about the first Mandalorian Season 3 trailer? Start with you, Ron. Yeah, I'm all in. Like, There's not much more to say. Like, it, I'm all in. It hit the home. I've been without Mando long enough. I need, I need my Mando. <laughs> Diesel. I, uh, this was the first time I was super excited based off the trailer. Like yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed season two. This one, all the gripes I had about the Mandalorian season one, about the helmets coming off, they're going into it. Yeah. And it's, all right, the clan he was under was the Vizsla clan, the Death Clan, the Death Watch. And now we're learning that not all Mandalorians follow those rules, and it looks like there's going to be a, a heated Mando, Mandalorian versus Mandalorian thing going on. Plus, then you got all the stuff with the Darksaber. I can't wait. This yeah. looks amazing. I also dug the uh, Bo-Katan line, not even calling it a clan, called it a cult. Yeah. The cult you were in caused a lot of deaths. Yeah. Yep. And you're just like, oh shit, yeah. that's yeah. fucking awesome. That was just, just a fucking great line. So yeah, I'm, I, I was yeah. all in anyways because I love this show, but yeah. man, this trailer was fucking awesome. Cannot wait for The Mandalorian Season 3. Uh, next up, we did get the uh, the Marvel's Secret Invasion has been given its first trailer, and it's been revealed to the public. In the footage, we get to see Nick Fury and James Rhodes having a conversation at a bar, and Fury is trying to warn Rhodes that the invasion is here. The trailer also features Ben Mendelsohn, Martin Freeman, and Olivia Coleman. Uh, how did you guys think about the uh, Secret Invasion trailer? Start with you, Diesel. I have no idea. <laughs> I watched the trailer, and I'm like, okay. I have no idea what's going on yet. And, and granted, I, I know they're playing this one really close to the chest. They're not giving out too much right now. There's just a couple of little action sequences that we get a view of. But the actual storyline, I have no idea what's going on. And I'm going to watch it either way, but I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Ron! Yeah, it, it's it's hard to tell which way they're, they're pushing yeah. this, but it's other than just the scrolls are here. Yeah. And, and they only show that basically in one way when... He makes them move in the restaurant, and they're all the same looking person. Yeah, it's like oh, yeah. and the, but you like you don't. You, can you trust Nick Fury in this one? I don't know. Like that's you, the don't whole, know. you can't. You can't. Like, it, well, that's the one thing Maria it, Hill says right yeah, away. She yeah. says you you haven't come out of space for a long time, so why now? Yeah, and like here's the thing, you know, in Captain Marvel, Maria Hill was a scroll, right? So, so who is that? Yeah, <laughs> is she a scroll? Is she not? Like, what's going on? Like, you don't know what's going on here, and it's actually a good thing. And then you got that really, you got that really suspenseful part when he's talking to to to, to Rhodey, and he's just like, "Do you trust these guards? Do you know who they are?" Like, it's a, it's some weird, yeah. like, wild they live shit. Yeah, I feel like we're getting they live. Yeah, which I'm okay with. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I'm just feeling that we yeah. thought this was going to be a buddy cop show with with Talos and Nick Fury, and I think we're actually getting close something closer to they live. The Farkin. Although, by the way, I just point out if Talos and Nick Fury get into the the fight, like uh, like in in <laughs> they live, I'm in. I'm fucking in over a pair of sunglasses. Even give me what I want. Uh, next up. Marvel's Thunderbolts confirmed its lineup. That was something we talked about being an outside chance. 
it did happen and uh, there's some surprises let's read right from ign marvel's thunderbolts the upcoming marvel supervillain team-up movie will officially see julia louise drivis valentina Aligar de fontaine managing a team made up of david harbour's red guardian hannah john commons uh ghost wyatt russell's u.s agent olga kurlenko's taskmaster Florence Pugh's Yelena Belova and Sebastian Stan's Bucky Barnes slash the Winter Soldier. By the way, what pisses me off is what's missing from this. Can you take a guess who I'm upset is not in this lineup? Abomination. Nope. Hmm. Baron Zemo. Oh. Oh, well. I need more Baron Zemo in my motherfucking life. With that being said, though, how do you feel about the lineup this time? Start with Diesel. Um... I completely forgot about David Harbour's character, and I'm like, "Ooh, that's that's interesting." I, I'm because I was a huge fan of him in uh, yeah. the Black Widow movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Sebastian Stan, though, as uh, Bucky Barnes, they that, obviously thought yeah. they needed a heavy hitter. Is what my thoughts are. That one shocked the shit out of me. I was, ooh, I don't know how I feel about it, but anytime I get more Sebastian Stan in my life, I'm happy about it. Well, so. it might be Baron Zemo might be the villain, quote unquote, in it that they're going after to get on the team. Yeah, it's true. It's like, I, it, I can give you that, but I just I just hated the fact he wasn't. I love how the it is. There's three people who were in the Black Widow movie though. Yeah, because Taskmaster's in it, Yolanda's in it, and, and then you have of course Red Guardian. Guardian. But then, like I said, I think that they I think they made a good choice of Winter Soldier because they need some star power. Yeah. They need a they need an Avenger. And I think Winter Soldier fits that the best. I'm happy to see Ghost back, too. No. Because Ghost was very yeah. good in the Ant-Man movie, and then we we, we just haven't seen her since. Yep. So it's kind of nice to get Ghost back. And U.S. Agent, give me more Wyatt yeah. Russell. <laughs> Wyatt Russell won me over. And I, I'm sorry. I, as a comic book fan, you know, I love that Norman Osborn was the long leader for a lot of the run yeah. of the Thunderbolts. But let's be honest. Valentina is going to be good. I like yeah. I like Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah. I think she plays a great role, and I think she's going to be she's good a, in that role. She's amazing in everything she does. So whatever, like I'm good with it. I'm fine with it with her being in charge to move forward. I mean, you need somebody there because, unfortunately, they've made the statement in in No Way Home that there is no Norman Osborn in mm-hmm. the yeah. Mar- MCU at this moment in time. Yeah. So you just got to, you know, and I say moment in time because never happen, But like, so you can't have him be there. Well, let's move on to the next thing out of D23, and that would be, well, it was only shown behind closed doors. Fuck. The first footage of Loki's second season was revealed, and it shows more of Loki's return to the TVA offices after the first season. Alongside glimpsed of a statue of Kang, Sylvie, Loki variants, and Mobius, it was also confirmed that everything, everywhere, all at once is... Kai Hoi Kwan will be joining the cast as well, which was a big announcement. I thought that was awesome. Let's start with you this time, Ron. How did you feel about the news coming out from Loki? Obviously, we didn't get to see anything, but just hearing about it. Hey, it's fine. I go. Oh, I've rewatched that season way too many times, and I still enjoy it. So, I'm ready to ride this coattail. I'm glad that they pulled the short round there and let him get back in, you know, major acting after yep. uh, everything, every, everywhere at once, because he was amazing in that. And I, I'm happy for it. Possibly this year's movie of the year. Diesel, what were your thoughts on the news coming out from Loki season two? Just give the man his goddamn jet ski and let him have a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, poor Mobius. Yeah. Um, anything? Any news on this is great. I wish they would have released this one though to the public, but. Yeah, it sounds great. Like I can't wait. I feel like the Men in Black at uh, D twenty three were doing their jobs hardcore because I didn't even see any bootleg footage yeah. of this. Yeah, no, like no, not no. even any bad bootleg. So that means they went hard in the paint. And I, you know, it is what it is. I, I respect it. I respect the game. You know what I mean? 
Uh, let's move on to uh, another one that we didn't get any footage from, but nobody got to see any footage because we weren't treating any footage of Daredevil Born Again. But it was confirmed that the upcoming Disney Plus series will be 18 episodes and that according to star Charlie Cox, it's going to be emotional, really, really emotional. Also to be added, we get a uh, Wilson Fisk with a uh, eye patch. Uh, mostly seeing that from Echo, which we'll talk about later. And then next up, and this is the most important part, Charlie Cox also went on record as saying that this is a this is basically a reboot. Yep. So what happened over on Netflix doesn't exist in the MCU. This is all new territory. Yes, you know the character. Yes, the characters are the same. But don't look for this to be a continuation of Netflix because it is not. It is a reboot. Ron, how do you feel about all of that news coming out for Daredevil Born Again? I'm fine with it. You got to do what you got to do. If they want to go their own way, change things up a little bit, that's fine. They, you know, you can watch the Netflix stuff. I mean, they've already shown the multiverse, so it's very easy to write that off and just give him his own little thing going on here now. And it's fine. I go, I mean, I hope, you know, Froggy Nelson returns. I hope, you know, I hope, I hope the cast returns because they were strong together. Um, the fact that they showed the logo, which is more of the, the old school uh, D&D logo, so, I mean, it's fine. Right, let's go. Let's move. Also having the old school Daredevil costume as yeah. well that we've gotten to see glimpses of, yeah. uh, whether it be for She-Hulk or this. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I, get, I agree with you there. Uh, Diesel, what's your thoughts? Yeah, with the, the having to like reboot it, so to say, and maybe not making the Netflix show strict canon, whatever. We got Charlie Cox back, so we won. If they have to make a little concessions here and there, cool. I'm sure this, the ATN episode arc is going to be amazing. And I cannot wait. This is one that I'm probably the most psyched for. We all know Kevin Fahey's big on continuity. Yeah. And I really think that's what this is coming down to. The, the continuity that they want for the MCU for Daredevil being in the MCU. Because we know at some point in Juncture, I will promise you, he's going to be in the big Avenger movies yeah. with the team up. And I think that they just want that continuity. And I don't blame Kevin Feige for it. He's not failed this yet as far as that goes with characters. Yeah. So to do this and to reboot is perfect. 18 episodes is going to bring you more than up to speed. And I can't wait for it. And once again, the two biggest things that we got, that we know that we're getting, Charlie Cox back as Daredevil and Vincent D'Onofrio back as Kingpin, which we've already gotten. But still, that is the crux. That is what we need in this world. If they would have tried to recast, I don't think anybody would have accepted it. So it's nice that they brought these two gentlemen on board. uh, And we're going to see who else they bring back because they didn't make any of those yet. But I, I would like to see who else is coming back to this list. Let's get out of uh, Marvel for a second and go with Star Wars and or is set to have its three episode premiere on Disney Plus on September 21st and serve as a prequel to Rogue One, a Star Wars story. A new trailer at D23 gave us another big look at what we can expect from the newest Star Wars adventure, including of glimpses of Mon Mothma, Cashin Andor, Saw Gerrera, and more. By the way, also one of my personal favorites, Babu Freak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you notice, I marked out big for the cameo of Boba Freak, or Babu Freak, sorry. And I am super excited. That is one of my favorite characters. I don't know. He's just cute. He's cuddly. Yeah. And he's one of he's one of C-3PO's oldest friends, Yes, as we found out. Uh, with that being said, gentlemen, what did you think of the Andor trailer, starting with you, Ron? I'm fine with it. I'll, wa- I'll definitely watch it. I'm not as hype as you guys are on it, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to like it. I, it's the question, you know, it's the whole problem is it's a prequel to me. Like, you, you know, you can't, you can't do Rogue Rowan 2 because, you know, Spoiler alerts, they all die. So you got to do a prequel, which they don't die till Rogue One. So, uh, you know, I get it. Well, the good news is we also did find out that this there is a season two. 
Yeah. Which will be so there's season one, then season two, then Rogue One happens. Yeah. So there is a little leadway there. Diesel? Uh I don't think the new trailer really got me more hyped for it, but when the show was first announced, I was like, eh, I'll watch it. That Those first trailers, though, got me, and I'm like, I can't wait to watch this. But I, I think the the new footage that they released didn't add too much more. It was just like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm super excited for this. I, I'm ready. I'm Next week, I'm going to be watching. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I was already so pumped for this yeah. that I don't care. Uh, it didn't add any more, but it didn't lessen it either, yeah. so I'm super excited. And I'm excited to know that we're going to get a second season of it as well and uh, to tell the full story. So I'm, I'm in. Let's go back to Marvel for the first trailer for the Marvels has been revealed to those in attendance at D23. Boo. And it gave us a glimpse at what Ms. Marvel, Captain Marvel, Monica Rambeau, and Nick Fury have been up to on uh, Saber Space Station. The film will also pick up where Disney Plus's Ms. Marvel ended. So that was a a cool glimpse. How are you feeling about the casting and uh, knowing that we're going to pick up right where Ms. Marvel ended and up on the space station? So maybe... This is going to tie in with uh, Secret Invasion a little bit because Secret Invasion has to happen after that if uh, Fury is leaving the station or maybe before he goes back up. Thoughts, Diesel? Uh, you can just leave it at D23. Let <laughs> 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 the people in attendance just have the whole movie and like, we can skip that and we can skip the Eternals too and just give us the stuff that we want. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm glad that it's coming out. I am because I actually enjoyed Miss Marvel. Um, so for her, I'm glad that we're going to see that. My take is the question is, is it really Carol Danvers that, you know, with this whole secret invasion thing now is the cameo really Carol Danvers or a scroll. And that's how she gets teleported there. And all she sees, you know, was a scroll and all she saw was all the pictures of Captain Marvel. And that's why she took the form real quick and then left because she had to have a human form. I mean, I know it's a long stretch, but I'm just like, eh, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's it, once again, I, I, I will only be excited about it until it comes a little closer. I don't know if I'll ever be truly excited about it. I, I like Ms. I, I like the Ms. Marvel show. Yeah. And and I for what oh, it yeah. was, like, Captain Marvel was enjoyable. Once again, I don't really think it was, you know, I know a lot of people give a lot of shit about that movie. And, and unfortunately, you know, undue to the star of the movie. And it's not really her fault no. that they decided to really more focus on Nick Fury and the Flurkin. <laughs> uh, that's not really her fault. And to the point that, of course, it made headlines when she was asked about more movies with Ms. Mar- or Captain Marvel. And she was like, do they even want me in them? And people got offended that she would say that. It's like, well, no, motherfuckers, you run her down. You know, Brie Larson's probably had to deal with more shit yeah. than anybody from this movie. And what what else was she supposed to say? Just, oh, OK, I, I'm happy with eating shit all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I defend her there. Hopefully this movie will showcase her more and showcase this team more. And maybe we'll give more of a damn. It ain't going to be worse than the Eternals. That's what no. I'm saying. It, it, it can't, it can't be worse than the Eternals. Let's stay back. Let's stay with uh, behind closed doors because a new trailer for Black Panther Wakanda Forever has been revealed behind closed doors at D23. And it opens with Angela Bassett's Queen Romonda appearing at the UN saying the king is dead. The Black Panther is gone. They have lost the protector. So they give the emotional speech. That I think we saw a part of that in the original yeah. trailer. Yep. They actually gave the full emotional speech of it. Can I be more excited for fucking Black Panther? I don't think so. But Ron, where yeah, I'm. I, I I don't want to see any more trailers for Black Panther. I'm good with what they've shown. I don't need to see this. I know we're about to see it because it comes out in you know a month or so. I, I'm trying to avoid it, but we go to too many movies, so I might be sitting there like a little kid, going with my ear, my fingers in my ears, going la 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 la. 
during the trailers, but I can't wait to see this. I agree. Uh, Diesel. The complete opposite of Ron's take and the complete opposite of my take on uh, the uh, Marvels. You fucking bitches. You should have released this to the public. How dare you withhold this from us? You assholes. Cannot wait. I want more. I want to see more of Namor. I cannot wait to see this. Just give me a a few more breadcrumbs. I'm super excited to see this, but I want a little bit more. I'm greedy. Give me what I want. (laughs) Give you what you want. I like it. I like it. Uh, I agree with you. I think I don't need to necessarily see any more trailers, but give me all the Wakanda forever you can give me. I, I love Wakanda. I love Black Panther. And I just want to see as much as I can. I'll take it all. I get it. Take it it all. But that first trailer, when that song hit, and the way that trailer was, you know, edited together, like, it was so emotional. I'll give you this. It was a perfect trailer. Yeah. (laughs) It really was a perfect trailer. But, you know, I'm still a fan of that movie. Uh, Next up, yet another Behind Closed Doors. Well, it has yet to be shown to the public. D23 revealed the first trailer for Indiana Jones 5 Behind Closed Doors at the Marvel Star Wars and 20th Century Fox Studio, or 20th Century Fox, I'm used to say that, 20th Century Studio Showcase. Uh, Of course, we did get to see the footage of uh, one Harrison Ford getting a little bit uh, emotional about it, which obviously this is his swan song from what I understand. How did you feel about the news coming out from about Indy 5? Start with you, Diesel. Indiana Jones was never a big franchise in my life. I'm glad that they're wrapping it up. I'm glad, like, uh, the photos I've seen from the event. Looks like everyone's really happy and proud of this project. But this one, I was never a big Indiana Jones guy. So this one's kind of like a miss for me. That's, that's just my personal take on the Indiana Jones franchise, though. I'm, I'm fine with everything. I'm glad, you know, Crystal Skulls, you know, is a black mark on the, the franchise. But I didn't mind the movie i just know where what they were trying to do with the movie so whatever this is going to be the swan song so be it we'll go watch it enjoy it and you know it might be emotional it might be a little tearjerker at the end yeah i i you know what? i like the indie movies uh i even liked uh the crystal skulls for what it was worth i yeah. mean i'm not saying it was a great movie but i liked the you know it, they could have I, executed the concept better but yeah exactly it was still i got what they were trying yeah. to go for, i mean I, I even watched the young indiana jones chronicles so i can't really so i'll, I'll be i'll be in it for indy 5 when it comes out uh next up though none of us had this on our bingo cards last week i want to point out no none of us uh captain america new world order yes brings back the leader after 15, 14 years tim blake nelson who first appeared in 2008 the incredible hulk as the leader slash samuel stearns will be returning to the mcu after 14 years in 2024's captain america new world order and of course this is the first new captain america movie we are getting the falcon yep as Captain America now, as we found out from Falcon and Winter Soldier. I hope that's not a spoiler for anybody. I mean, that's yeah. happened almost two years ago. But with that being said, how would you guys feel about this news coming out for Captain America New World Order? Start with you, Ron. Yeah, I got humbled real quick because I was trying to push it for She-Hulk <laughs> in the group chat. I threw it in there. I'm like, well, this is why, 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 why? And then all of a sudden, like, what, four hours later, I think yeah. it was, I'm like, oh, fuck. Well, well, the leader is coming back. Yeah, just it, the wrong show. I try. I tried. You know, I try to keep things open. We do discuss a lot of these things beforehand. And, you know, sometimes I'm wrong. And so I'm, I'm happy with it. I mean, actually, the character coming back is fine. I'm good with it. Because um, I was pushing it for She-Hawk, obviously. We also got the rumor of the another Falcon showing up. So that's also a plus. We'll be, you know, everything will be fine. I'm, I'm good with it. So, Diesel, what did you think about the new news from Captain America New World Order? I cannot wait. Um, I'm a huge Tim Blake Nelson fan. Oh, I yeah. love him in a lot of the movies I've seen him in. Blades of Grass, um, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I love this guy. 
this is one of the reasons why I enjoyed the Incredible Hulk so much oh, as well. I, I thought he was a great character, and I can't wait to see what they're going to do with this. This is this is awesome news for me. I love Tim Blake Nelson. And I'm yeah. so excited to see him come back to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed him immensely in yep. in the Hulk movie, like Incredible Hulk. He was great, yeah. and the fact that you got it, it's like, uh, and you knew where it was going to go, and it never came back yeah. around. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the leader. I guess I'm, get, I'm glad they brought him back. And uh, here we go. And once again, I'm very excited for Captain America New World Order. Can't wait to see what they do with the character moving forward. Uh, by the way, if you can hear that noise in the recording, that is actually a rainstorm. So hopefully we don't lose power. Yeah, so if the audio changes, that means we lost power. Uh, so just so everybody's got a heads up and is forewarned listening, uh, that, that is not us fucking up the audio. That is Mother Nature. <laughs> Uh, next up, we have, uh, while not overly surprising, Marvel head Kevin Feige has said that Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania will serve as a direct line into Phase 5 and Avengers Kang Dynasty. We figured Quantumania would be a big deal as it will be the big screen debut of Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror. T23 attendees were treated to a behind-the-scenes footage and it revealed more of the film's story and even gave a glimpse of the villain, Modoc. So, uh, how excited are you to know that this is the uh, direct line into Phase 5? Diesel! I, I thought that this was already assumed because they already announced that this was going to be like the first Cinematic Universe version of Kang. So, obviously, it's going to be a direct link to the Avengers Kang Dynasty. That being said, I, I, show us, not just the people there. I want to see MODOK. <laughs> Fuck you! Um, the people aren't liking MODOKs. Oh, well, people I don't trust anyway, so... Because it's more of a ro giant robot. Yeah, it's funny. Instead of a humanoid face, it's that's why they're like, oh, they're ruining, they're ruining it all. I'm like... They're fictional characters. They're fictional characters, <laughs> and technically MODOK is a robot. Yeah. And just with a weird-looking face, and now they made it all robotic-looking, <laughs> and the people are upset. I'm like, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I'm I good with it. And... I can't wait for Majors. I yeah, give me give me more King. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan Majors has done a home run job, whether it was on Loki season one or now as King of the Conqueror. Can't wait to see more of that. Uh, we got a trailer that we got to all see next. After months of reports and rumors, Marvel has finally confirmed that its Disney Plus Halloween special is an adaptation of Werewolf by Night, the biggest secret that was never a secret. Mm -hmm. The trailer opens up with black and white footage reminiscent of a 1940s horror movie, and it then shows the cast in a spooky mansion and a glimpse of the werewolf, who will be played by Gal Garcia Bernal. Uh, how did you enjoy the first look at Werewolf by Night, Ronald? I actually enjoyed this way more than I should have. The, the fact that it was like a 1940s style in black and white, I'm like, they better just keep it this way all the way through. I heard a rumor that it might it's more comedy, which I'm fine with. Let's go. Let's do it. I'm good with it. Diesel! This one didn't do much for me, but I know the internet's a buzz because they think they saw the first sighting of Man-Thing. Yes. So yes. People are super excited for that, and I'm happy for them, but... I'll watch it, but I'm not excited for this. You mean, one. you know, the sci-fi original movie Man Thing wasn't the first sighting of Man Thing? No, no, no. That's not canon. That's not canon, Ron. Not canon. <laughs> but with that being said, Werewolf by Night, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan. I liked it. I really like the shoot, shooting style for this. I like them old school Universal yeah. Master movies, so this is perfect for me. Cannot wait to see it in the Halloween season. We're going to leave Marvel, and unfortunately, we're going to Pandora. D23 gave the audience of today's panel a look at a few new clips of Avatar The Way of the Water. 
The clip showed off the beautiful world of Pandora, the Navi diving and their children playing with fish, Sigourney Weaver's curry recording a video diary, and Navi kids getting into a fight with Navi and Earth soldier uniforms. While Disney didn't, didn't share the clips with the public, it did reveal a new piece of concept art for the film. Uh, once again, I don't give a shit about Pandora or Avatar, so it didn't do anything to me, but let's go to Diesel in case it moved the needle. It just reinforce my previous statements on the first avatar movie the hero lost the marine guy you can't stop progress he was right bulldoze the entire fucking planet stop making these movies fuck you james cameron (laughs) the only reason why they didn't show it to the public is because it's going to be crap it sucks avatar sucks this ain't going to be any good so don't even bother with it next up we're going back to the world of Star Wars, where we like it a lot better. Star Wars Ahsoka was discussed at D23, but no trailer was revealed to the public. Instead, Disney's John Favreau discussed bringing this series to life and how the character of Ahsoka is Dave Filoni's magnum opus. Uh, that gives me a lot of hope. I know Diesel has a hard-on for this, so we'll start with Diesel. Yeah, I know there was nothing that they showed. This is my most hype thing for the Star Wars universe. I got, just give me anything for Ahsoka. Give me a trailer. Give me something. I t- just need something. I love this. I love what they're doing with the castings. Um, I don't know if we're bringing it up later, but the Ezra Bridger yeah. casting. Go ahead. Cannot wait. Um, the way that they're tying all this, you know, the Star Wars Rebels, the animated features, and the Clone Wars into live action. I cannot wait. This has me so pumped up. This is a great story, and I cannot wait. <laughs> Yeah, Ryan, yeah. what did you think? No, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I, I'm happy with it. I don't know the guy that they cast as Ezra Miller. I don't know what he's going to be. Or, uh, Ezra Bridger. Bridger, sorry. Wow, boom, sorry, they. Uh, I don't know what, you know, where was he been, and I didn't really deep dive into it, but I, I'm i good with it. I don't, I'm, let's see how it goes. Yep, and obviously he's been gone for a few years because he's much older now, yeah. and yeah. I'm loving perfect. it. Perfect. Loving it. Well, according to the Hollywood Reporter, Iman Asfandi will be playing Bridger in the Ahsoka. He'll join Rosario Dawson as Asaka Tana, uh, Natasha Liu as Bordizio as Sabine Wren, and Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead will also play a role in the project, though it's not clear at this time just who she'll be. Asfandi's credits include playing Sam in 2019's Austin Weird, Barry in 2021's King Richard, and Ishmael in 2022's The Inspection. So... Uh, if you're familiar with his work, he's done he's done quite a bit of work, and he looks all of the role. I yeah, just want to yeah. throw that out there. He looks exactly what Ezra Bridger should look yeah. like. So, hey, he's got some good acting chops, and on top of that, he's got the look, so he's got my vote. Cannot wait for that. Next up, staying with Star Wars, Star Wars The Bad Batch is officially returning for its second season on January 4th, 2023, and it will consist of 16 episodes. Two episodes will premiere on January 4th, and the rest will air weekly. We didn't get a new trailer at D23, but one shouldn't be too far away. Ron, we'll start with you. How are you feeling about The Bad Batch returning? Let's go. <laughs> I don't care. Like, Show me a trailer. Don't show me a trailer. I just want the episodes. I don't care either way. Diesel! They're going to have to show me a good trailer to get me back into this. When this first came out, I wasn't super excited about it, but it hooked me up right away. But then, like, midway through, it just lost me. So, hopefully, they're going to come up with a good trailer to, like, give me a reason to finish watching, like, the last six episodes so I can get ready for this. Otherwise, I'm probably tapping out on the Bad Batch. I get you. I understand why. I really do. I, it's basically a team in space, yeah. and that's basically all season two is, yeah. is pretty much. 
Yeah, I'll, I'm in. I'm going to watch because, yeah. let's be honest, I watch everything Star Wars. If it's bad, I talk about it afterwards. It's bad. It's good. I win. Either way, it's good Win-win. stuff. Let's stay with Star Wars. Star Wars Tales of the Jedi, a series of six original stories that focus on Ahsoka, Qui-Gon Jinn, Count Dooku, and more at different parts of their lives has received its first trailer and the news that all of the shorts will debut on October 26th. That's right, not coming out weekly. All six of the shorts will debut at the same time on October 26th. We got to see the trailer. Diesel, what did you think about Star Wars Tales of the Jedi? Super excited for this as well. Um, Plus, we get Yaddle. Yes. Yes. Yes, (laughs) That's a huge one. Um, Mythic character that, you know, barely ever seen in the Star Wars canon, but we're getting some backstory finally. I cannot wait. Um, I do like their little shorts that they've been doing. Like, yeah, the, the Groot one. The Groot ones were good. Yeah. These are really well done. I this, this has me excited. All right, Ron. Yeah, I'm good with it. Let's go. Let's watch them. I, with the fact that they're all coming out at once, that's fine. The only gripe that I had about the Groot ones is that you had to reconnect to, or you had to pick each one to watch them. It didn't just play back to back to back. So hopefully they update that part at least. Yeah, maybe they'll fix that. That's just a technical issue. But yeah, I'm I'm in. I'm excited. I can't wait to see where they expand some of these stories. And the trailer looked amazing. Let's go back to Marvel. Echo, the upcoming MCU spinoff that will also star Daredevil and Kingpin, got its first trailer that gives a glimpse into Echo's past and sees her face off against an old friend. And we won't spoil it here. Uh, once again, this was something showed behind closed doors, but a lot of people have heard about it. What did you think about hearing about news from Echo, Ron, including patch wearing kingpin why patch wearing kingpin what? he's a pirate now arg matey arg matey no i'm good with it i can't wait for the show um i don't know if it's going to be as good as they want it to be but i'm willing to watch diesel i'm not excited about this i don't think the echo character really brought anything extra to the hawkeye show i actually think the character was very forgettable so hopefully once they start getting more information out about this in a trailer maybe there's something that hooks me but i just never saw the need for the echo show spinoff to begin with i'm gonna give a peek behind the curtain here diesel what do you why do you eat buffalo wings because i hate myself no you always (laughs) told me it's a vehicle to get blue cheese down your gullet yeah right guess what if if echo is a way to get daredevil and kingpin down my gullet so fucking be it so that i'm i'm all for the show because it gives me more daredevil and kingpin uh echo i'm not completely sold on but once again Daredevil and Kingpin. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't sold on She-Hulk, and I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah, good points. Uh, The first footage of Ironheart, the MCU solo series focused on Dominique Thorne's Rory Williams, has debuted at D23 behind closed doors, of course. The footage showed what appears to be Rory talking to a high-tech necklace and more of her adventures, building things as a student at MIT. We also get a glimpse of her in her Ironheart suit of armor. Of course, Ironheart will make her debut during Wakanda Forever, as we already know. How'd you feel about uh, hearing more about Ironheart, Ron? It's fine. As an overall character, I'm not big on her, so to say, only because I didn't follow her. I understand where she fits in the lore and all that stuff, and that's fine. I don't have anything against her. Obviously, they weren't going to show you any of this because she shows up in Wakanda Forever. That's going to be your first take on her. Then probably a week or two or whatever after that, then they'll show you this footage. I agree with you there. Diesel. Yeah, I'm a blank slate on this one. I've never really been exposed to the Ironheart character because I wasn't buying those comics and probably out of comics at that point. Yeah. 
Um, so I'm going into uh, you know Black Panther with open arms on this one. We'll see what happens, and hopefully there's something about this character that has me excited for this. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm I'm kind of excited for this. It's a new spin. It's a new character. I'm always excited to see a new character in the MCU, and uh, then we, I go from there. Because yeah. sometimes we win it, and sometimes we don't win. So yeah, I, I, I'm excited to see where it goes. And of course, starting off in Wakanda Forever is a good yeah. thumbs up for me. I, I think it's just Marvel's version going to be pushed for the try to beat Blue. Um, uh, Blue, Beetle. Blue Beetle, yeah. But well, that, that's my, just my take. Well, it's also a show because they're doing Young Avengers or yeah. Champions yeah. or whatever they're going to call it. Now that they're using the Avengers name for uh, the new movies, I'm assuming it's going to be Young Avengers. But yeah, no, for the longest time, I thought it was going to be Champions. It might still might be, actually. And I've, I've switched. Well, like I said, if they're going to use the Avengers name, I think they're going to use it just to get the most I, mileage. I agree. Next up, and lastly from D23 that we're going to talk about, and it is neither Star Wars nor Marvel. A new trailer for Willow was revealed at D23, and it showed more of the sequel to the 1988 classic film of the same name. Alongside the trailer, it was revealed that Christian Slater will be joining the cast, although we didn't learn too much about this character at the panel. I know you're a big uh, Willow fan, Diesel, so we'll start with you. (laughs) What are you thinking? What kind of wizardry is this? How is it Warwick Davis looks so good? (laughs) Did they de-age him in the trailers? Because he looks amazing as Willow. I don't think they did. I don't think they did. He looks no, amazing. He looks no. good. He looks yeah. amazing. Um, the trailer was actually pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the the whole fantasy world that this is set in and going beyond that looks interesting. I'm actually pretty excited for this. Um, when I first watched Willow, I will admit I was creeped out by some of the themes of the movie, but this looks pretty cool. I, I'm I'm excited. Right on, Ron. Out of all the things that have been you know redoing and stuff, a Game of Thrones, a Lord of the Rings, like, I'm actually kind of thrilled for this one. I'm, I enjoyed Willow before, you know, when I was a kid and all that stuff and rewatching it over the time. And this one, like, I'm, you know what, I'm going to watch it and I hope I enjoy it. Yep. Like, you know what? I'm not usually a fantasy person. I remember watching Willow as a kid and, and I, I liked it when I was a kid I yeah. lo- and I love the toys, by the way. Yeah. But you know what? Watching this trailer, like the first one, didn't really necessarily do it for me. This one, I'm like, you know what? I might give it a watch. I might give yeah. it a try. Because it does look pretty interesting and good. And like I said, I have a little nostalgia piece for Willow in my heart. Yeah. With that being said, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Nerd News. But don't you fret. You know when the Nerd News ends, we just pick it right up on with... Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Welcome back to Diesel's movie, Triple Stuff. A pretty slow box office weekend, coming in at number five with $2.8 million, DC League of Super Pets. No surprises. 16 weeks on the top five. (laughs) Top Gun Maverick with another $3.2 million. It's getting closer to the number five, though. (laughs) I think last week it was number five. Yeah, it moved back up. Damn. (laughs) Uh, number three this week, Bullet Train with another $3.3 million. Little engine that could. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> number two. Okay. Brahmastra Part 1, Shiva with $4.4 million. The It's coming. It's came. We were here. <laughs> it is the Bollywood invasion. It is. Uh, I've heard good things about this movie. I have not seen it, but I I've heard good either. things about the movie. So uh, somebody let me know if I should go see it or not. And then debuting number one this week with $10 million even, Barbarian. <laughs> I did see this. Did Ron see. saw this. Uh, we will be getting you a bonus review sometime this week. I can just tell you, uh, I think, Ron, let's do the recommendation here. Spoiler-free recommendation on here instead of bonus episode. I mean, we'll probably do it there, too. 
I'm going to say if you are a horror movie fan and you like movies with suspense and that are disturbing, give this a thumb. I give it a thumbs up because I, I enjoy that. Yes. If you are squeamish or easily scared, sit this one out. Ron, what's your recommendation? I, it, non-spoiler recommendation. I, I, if you can, if you like horror movies, watch it. I, 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 I recommend it. I, I, that's all I'm going to say right now. Listen, I really like the movie. Yeah. We're going to talk. We will talk I, about it. We're doing a separate review. We were going to do it tonight, but Diesel's a little tired, as you all heard earlier. Mistakes were made, so we'll we'll pick a different night. But I'm going to tell you right now, I do recommend the movie. But once again, if you are squeamish or faint of heart, please sit this one out because. Woo! But I thought I, I'll give you this genius setup for the movie. Okay, genius setup. I, I can see that because I really think that they did something different and unique they did, with the way did. that they set this movie up, and it turns into something. By the end of it, you're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> but in a good way. I, I didn't mind it. Yeah, Diesel. What's got upcoming movies though? All right, coming up this week, we're all huge fans of Kevin Smith, and we finally get Clerks Three. By the way, that will be next week's Three FN Movie Club review. You heard it here first. Three FN Movie Club review next week. Clerks. Three. Uh, for you horror fans out there, also this week, Pearl. We will also be going to see that, so I will be uh, trying to get a bonus episode out for that. A bonus review episode, sorry, out for that as well. And then I think for the uh, action film of the week, it's going to be The Woman King. Yeah, The Woman yeah. King looks good. There's three good movies coming out this week, split in the market. If you're a horror fan, you got Pearl. You're an action fan, The Woman King. And if you're just a nerd and you're living in an area where they are showing the Fathom event for Clerks 3, you got Clerks 3 as well. Damn, I got to watch a lot of movies this weekend. Yeah, well, at least two of them are covered under our past. The other one we had to pay for. I don't care about that. I know, I'm just saying, fathom event. Well, you can push one aside because next week, the only real movie coming out is the one that I think has all this fake news behind it to try to push the movie. Don't worry, darling. We will actually be seeing that for the 3FN Movie Club review. We've all been kind of... uh, I'm intrigued with it. Intrigued with it. Before all the news happened. I, I don't think there's that much for a push for it and i don't really care about the damn drama yeah like that's just personally me i'm save the drama for your mama as they used to say back in the dizzle uh diesel though you got a top three for us what's this week's top three your top three favorite kills in movies or tv oh fuck yeah let's go baby this is a hard one but i'm yeah. gonna pick I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be honest i'm gonna pick a really funny one from a you could call it a sci-fi horror film then my second place pick is going to be from an action movie surprising everybody and then my number one is going to be from a horror flick and it's probably my favorite horror kill of all time are you ready and number three from one of the greatest movies of all time deepest bluest my hat is like a shark's fin (laughs) that is right deep blue sea we are going with samuel jackson's horrible looking cgi death from that shark it is looks horrible it looks cheesy but it was out of fucking nowhere, and that movie was like an RKO, so I enjoyed it. And yes, I enjoyed it all in its cheese dick nature, as Diesel would say. At number two, remember the movie Swordfish? Yeah. Do you remember how the movie Swordfish oh, opens? That's a great open. It is a bomb with ball bearings in it. Yep. Oh, that's right. And it is fucking brutal. Yeah. Uh, so that is my number two pick. And my number one and favorite of all time, we got to go to Friday the 13th part two. It is probably the most mean-spirited kill of all time. <laughs> That's right. Our, our friend who was paralyzed and in a wheelchair, he was just trying to get the nookie, the nookie, <laughs> so he could take that cookie. Oh, anyways. And uh, he took a machete to the face instead. And then down the stairs we go. <laughs> uh, it's still one of the greatest kills of all time. That's my top three. Ron. Uh, what was it? Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 
three Dream Warriors with the kid in the wheelchair. Yes. And he stands up. And that, yeah. uh, the wizard. It, yeah, he stands up as the wizard. He was a DNA player. Yes. And the, uh, Freddy gets a wheelchair of knives and sends it at him. So it's kind of funny that you picked a wheelchair. I picked a wheelchair. Uh, number two, you got to go with uh, Jason Takes Manhattan in the boxing scene. Sorry. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> still, still to my day. I just want to see that happen. And uh, the uh, Evil Dead uh, 2... Is it the one where she, no one where she gets raped by the trees? Yes, that's yeah, the first yeah, one. Yeah, that one. All right, Diesel. All right, coming in at number three, Saving Private Ryan, the sniper versus sniper scene. Ooh, that's pretty no, good. That's that pretty scene. awesome. That's Bru- brutal one. Yeah. Number two, we are going to go with the death, quote unquote, of Tyler Durden in Fight Club. Once you get the big reveal and how it happens, really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's very good. And then number one, we're actually going with a horror movie, but it's one of the kind that I can actually watch. 28 Days Later, The Thumb in the Eyes. Thumb in the Eyes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, always, that's always a classic. I do want to throw this out there as a special as a special one, and it's a terrible movie. The movie Ghost Ship. The opening scene <laughs> where the, the line breaks and it cuts everybody pretty yep. much uh, in half. Yep. It's pretty dope. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, the in Barbarian, the, the bum scene. Oh, uh, that's all I'm saying. Ah, well, there's that one, and then there's the first killing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, <laughs> what, so so what? They're, they're worth mentioning. We just didn't want to listen. Them out there. Teasers out there. We will be talking about Barbarian. We're gonna have a special review for you this week. Well, guess what? That brings us to the end of the first half of the show. Don't worry though. We're just gonna take a little break. When we come back from the break, it will be time for this week's three FN movie club review. And this week, we dug deep into the Patreon grab bag. And what we pulled out was 1988's horror classic, Child's Play. That's right, Diesel has to review Child's Play. And that's coming up right after this break. What's up, nerds? Tyler Mack here from the 30 and Nerdy Podcast, the flagship show of Bad Cast Company Productions. Now, you are currently tuned in to my favorite three fat nerds, Rich Ron and Diesel, our Nerd Council Brothers. After you're done with this amazing show, zoom on over to 30 and Nerdy Podcast wherever you cast your pod. Hit the subscribe button, give us a rating and a review, and check out 30andnerdypodcast.com. Cheers to you, nerds. Welcome to 3FM's Movie Club. Refreshments are available in the lobby. And please, keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers. And remember, gift certificates are available for any special occasion. Enjoy the show. We are back for the second half of the show. Of course, it's time for the 3FN Movie Club Review. There it is. Watch your head. Watch your head. Because we're coming into the station. We're coming in hot. And uh, this week, we had to call that audible since Diesel was not and shan't be watching Barbarian. By the way, good choice. (laughs) I messaged you right after I saw the movie and I said, well, actually, the next morning and said, yeah, yeah, you would have made that one. And you were like, yeah, okay. And trust me, Ron will agree as well. Yeah. But that meant 
that we reached inside the Patreon grab bag. And what we pulled out was a pick that was brought to us by our patron, Charles. And you know what that pick was? It is the OG 1988 classic, Child's Play. Of course, if you would like to pick movies for us to watch right here in review for the 3FN Movie Club, and of course, we love movies on Patreon, join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash 3FN Podcast. For as little as $1 a month, you get all of that and more, and you get to add to the list. Are you gentlemen ready to talk about... Child's Play 1988. Yes. Let me remind everybody who might not listen to the show each and every week how we do this. We are going to start off spoiler free. I understand 1988. We're talking about a damn near 40 year old movie. We're 30 (laughs) plus years into this movie. However, we always like to be respectful. So what we will do is we will talk about, you know, the synopsis. From Google, see if it was right, wrong, or indifferent. Then we will give you, like, you know, the information about the movie, who directed it, who starred in it, all that happy jazz, before giving a spoiler-free recommendation. Thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, thumbs down. Then the spoiler alert will play. Once again, we do realize it's kind of weird for a movie that was brought out in 1988. But we will do that, and then we will come back with our spoiler-full review. For those of you who might not have seen 1988's Child's Play. And it's also because we stick with it because I have OCD. Let's be honest. (laughs) Are you gentlemen ready to go to Google for the synopsis? Yep. Child's Play is a 1988 American supernatural horror film directed by Tom Holland from a screenplay by Holland, Don Mancini, and John Lafia, and based on a story by Mancini. It is the first film in the Child's Play series and the first installment to feature the character Chucky. All of that is real. All of that is true. But once again, that does not help you with the synopsis of this film. No. No. Basically, a synopsis of this film for everybody who's waiting at home, murderous doll goes on murder spree. Yeah. That's a simple, there you go. Obviously, it's more complicated than that, but we'll simplify it for you. Uh, This movie was originally released on November 9th, 1988, with a runtime of 87 minutes. It was directed, as you just heard, by Tom Holland. Tom Holland, uh, he has directed, acted, and written a lot of movies, but just his directing credits uh, include Fright Night. Fatal Beauty, and Thiener, amongst <laughs> other movies. Uh, I know you guys remember the Stephen King classic, yep. Thinner. Yep. The screenplay, as you heard, was based on uh, a story by Don Mancini, who created the uh, Child's Play series, and with the exception of the remake a few years ago, has been involved in every Child's Play movie, as whether he was a writer, a director, either writer or director, and he's produced all of them. So Don Mancini, and he's a wonderful human being. I got to meet him at New York Comic Con last year. Super awesome person. John Lafia uh, was the other screenplay writer. He wrote a lot of TV and on some big shows. His only other movie credit besides made-for-movie-TV movies was the movie Man's Best Friend. Who remembers that? About the killer dog, Max. The oh, Rottweiler. yeah. Remember I remember that, that yeah, one. It was a laboratory creation, and then it gets uh, to somebody's house, and it kills people. Yeah, man's yep. best friend. And last but certainly not least, Tom Holland. And Tom Holland tended to uh, write movies that he directed, plus write other movies. One of them that he did not direct that he wrote was Psycho 2, which is one of the best horror sequels of all time. He also wrote Fright Night and Thinner, which he was also a part of. Yep. So it seems like he liked to do that, but there was other movies wrote, and the biggest one was Psycho 2. The cinematographer for this movie was Bill Butler. And if you don't know the name, that's okay, but you'll know his works that he was a cinematographer on. Because he did such movies as Jaws, Grease, 
Rocky 2, Rocky 3, and Rocky 4, Stripes, Anaconda, <laughs> and one of our personal favorites, Hot Shots. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. So the Charlie Sheen connection's yeah. there, Diesel. But yeah, Bill Butler, and he did countless more. Those were just the top ones that I want to pull up. But Jaws, he was the cinematographer for Jaws. Yeah, he had an illustrious career. Yeah. And this movie stars, we, we I have four of them listed here, but it stars way more than four people. But the four main characters that we get in this movie, uh, first we'll start with Catherine Hicks, who played Karen Barkley. You might remember her from Peggy Sue Got Married, Star Trek Four, and hey, Turbulence. When's the last time you heard somebody talk about Turbulence? <laughs> Next up was Chris Sarandon, who played Mike Norris. Uh, he was in Dog Day Afternoon, yep. Fright Night, The Princess Bride, and most importantly... Nightmare Before Christmas, he is the voice of Jack Skellington. Yes. And he has done the voice of Jack Skellington for everything else. Video games, cartoons, you name it. If it's Jack Skellington talking, it is uh, Chris Sarandon, which is pretty awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, and he, Being in Dog Day Afternoon, that was the one that marked me out. Uh, next up was Alex Vincent, who plays Andy Barclay. This was his first movie as a child. And uh, he basically went on to do a lot of B-horror movies. And he's been in this series, including the show and everything else. So check him out. I, I loved his performance in this. I wish he would have done more acting. Yeah. And last but certainly not least is the man who plays the voice of Chucky. He is also the man who plays the human form of Charles Lee Ray. And that, of course, is Brad Dorif. I could not list... All of his acting nods because, Jesus, he's got a ton. But if I had to pick some, he won the Academy Award for his role in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He was also in the original Dune. He was in Jungle Fever. I picked that because it was fun. It was a Spike Lee joint. (laughs) He's been in The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. He was in both of Rob Zombie's Halloween films. And uh, most importantly, and this is what I teased Ron during Patreon, the link to you. He's also in Best Men. Yes, Brad Dorf is the oh, best Oh, yeah, man. he is. <laughs> there That's you go, Ryan. I, I got to put it on the list. We got to watch that movie now. Uh, I, I don't know about all I that. push but you down the go. stairs. <laughs> all right. The movie had a budget of 9 to $13 million. Do you gentlemen want to get to the box office? Mind you, this was 1988, starting with Diesel. Oh, I, I know this is a huge following, but for some reason, I don't think it made a ton at the box office. I'm going to go with $7 million. Ron. 14 million. You guys were way off. 44.2 million dollars. There's a reason why it launched a franchise. And today's money, that's ridiculous. All right. It is now time for spoiler free recommendation. Thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down for the original 1988 Child's Play. We'll start with Ron. What is your recommendation and why? Yeah, if you haven't seen this and if you're a horror fan, you definitely need to see this. It's definitely. Uh, a thumbs up. You if you if you're if you're like Diesel and you're a little eh on horror movies. Okay, I get, I understand why passing it because they are kind of brutal deaths in this, but it's kind of funny to me. That's why I find it hilarious. Diesel. All right. If you've listened to any of my recommendations and you're in line with my movie choices, two thumbs way down and up. Yeah, that's because he was scared of the doll. He's still scared of the doll. Uh, This is a thumbs up. This is a classic. This launched a franchise that has gone on for a very long time uh, that has spawned a lot of great things, including the new Chucky series on the Sci-Fi Network, as well as, of course, the Child's Play remake that I thought was very, very good, even though it was not from Don Mancini. I'm a big fan, so I got to give this the big thumbs up, two thumbs up. Go see it. If you've never seen it, you should go see it. 
With that being said, I'm sure that most people have seen this movie, but just in case you have not seen 1988's Child's Play and you don't want the movie spoiled before you go see it, stop the podcast right now, go watch it, and then come back and listen. But for everybody else who has seen it and those who just don't care and they're like Diesel and they're they're never going to see it because they're scared of it, we are about to talk spoiler full review right about... Now, because that's the spoiler alert, which means it is time to talk about this movie. And of course, as you know, we do it, the good, the bad, and then we get into playing the game before we give our scores and then end up the review. Are you gentlemen ready? Now, Diesel did not watch the movie. He, we let him off with watching The Kill Count, the Dead Meat channel on YouTube, The Kill Count with James A. Janice, so we'll give him a shout out because that is where Diesel's got his expertise from. <laughs> Myself and Ron have seen this film multiple times, and we did go back and watch it this past week, so I'm going to start off with the good because I, I don't think it's fair for Diesel just to go with the good, although I'm sure he has some. So with that being said, the good of this movie, listen, there's a really unique thing that happens in this movie that does not happen anywhere else in the series and this is the most serious child's play of the series he does have some one-liners in the movie a couple but most of this is very serious and i love what they did so originally when brad dorf wrote this movie or not brad dorf wow originally when don mancini wrote this movie i'll leave that botch in to show that i'm human uh what ended up happening was he was really waiting heavy on like the marketing aspect of this doll. And that means there was a lot of doll in the marketing campaign. Then Tom Holland comes in to direct and he rewrites a lot of the movie and he took out a lot of the marketing and added more horror scenes. There was more deaths in the Tom Holland cut. Well, Tom Holland left after shooting, didn't care about editing. So the producers of the film went and allowed Don Mancini to actually edit the film. So Don Mancini took the Jaws philosophy and pulled out about 30 minutes of Chucky action in the beginning of the movie. So in the first, you know, 30, 40 minutes of the movie, you don't see a lot of Chucky moving and doing stuff. It's all in the head. It's all, you know, kind of played in the background, even like when he murders the babysitter. Uh, you see like a, the what you think is the doll run by, but it could have been easily Andy. Him and Andy have the same shoes. Yeah. I know that there's the reveal with the, 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 the little, you know, sugar or flour on the feet, but still, you still in your head think it might be Andy. Mm-hmm. Think about it. We, you know, even though we see the the voodoo thing, it might be Andy. With that being said, I thought that was the best way to go. I don't know if the the more kills would have made this movie better. I like the fact that they took the Jaws philosophy, and you know, we don't find out really until the mother with the batteries. Yeah, you know, we saw the the killing of Eddie, so mm. we know the doll's alive. But as like for the movie and the people in the movie, nobody but Andy knows until the mother's like, oh shit, the batteries aren't here. And then she's like, say something or I'm going to throw you the thing. And then he goes on the, you stupid bitch. (laughs) I'll kill you, you slut. And it's great. And you're just like, oh God, this is tremendous. Yeah. I I thought that that was probably one of the big key features of the movie is for a while, you don't know that Chucky's even alive. And then even after you find out when he kills Eddie in the, the, the explosion, that's that's pretty cool. And then, like I said, as far as the characters find out, and we don't get into the mom later on, and then the movie ramps right up into it. That's one of my favorite parts. It's well-paced, and I, I dig the stalking. This is one of those movies where Chucky does a lot of stalking, and it's not just, you know, boom, 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 kill, kill, kill. He, he takes his time. Yeah. And also, the other like that I have, lots of explosions. 
Usually in horror movies, we don't get a lot of explosions. There's an explosion. Technically, there's an explosion in the beginning at the doll shop. There's an explosion that kills Eddie. There's an explosion at the apartment. There, there's, a, there's a few explosions in this movie, and yeah. I, am, I am here for it. Ronald, what do you like of Child's Play? Yeah, the, the feeling of it all is like, even though you see uh, in the beginning the voodoo and you hear it, you hear it and then the, the lightning strikes and it blows up the toy store, you're like, you don't know about it being the kid, the doll technically, and you know, at the time, except for that's how they marketed it. But still, if you didn't pay any attention to that back then, you know, some people probably went in not thinking about it. And then all of a sudden you just see him stalking. You just see him. You know, he's he's playing the role of the doll. Like he's he's little. It's literally just, yeah, I'm I'm your friend. Oh, and you know what do little kids do? They talk with their fucking dolls, and like half the conversations you don't. In the beginning, you don't hear it. It's just Andy going, "Well, Chucky wants to know if he can watch the news." And just Chucky wants to do this. Oh, Chucky is upset that you wouldn't let him do that. Like that's kind of creepy because that's what kids freaking do. I love the scene with the babysitter, the friend of the mother, yeah. when when he's like, he looks at his mom. And he goes, "Chucky said that she she was a mean or she yeah. was she was a she was a mean bitch, bitch. and she deserved to die." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then uh, uh, of course that's also when he tells his mom that Chucky's real name is Charles Lee Ray. Yeah, and his mom for some reason doesn't know who Charles Lee Ray is, even though he's the strangler. Well, she's a busy single mother <laughs> in Chicago working in a department store. By the way, the right type for the strangler <laughs> that doesn't, you know, can't doesn't have enough money to pay for kids uh birthday present. Back so, in the 80s, $100 is a lot of money though. I I get it, but you know, so she's big. living in a, in a penthouse apartment in Chicago because that apartment is the size of this upstairs. They have multiple bedrooms, which is incredible for for her wage. And all you know is daddy died and he was happy when he died to get away from the stupid bitch. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. That's some of the best lines in this movie are from Chucky. Anything else in the good pile for you, Ron? I, I mean, it, it is definitely suspenseful. It does have it. And the, all the kills are actually worth a watch, even though I find the one with the babysitter hilarious because, you know, his actual gift for his birthday because she couldn't afford the doll at first was... Uh, a good guy handyman set and like it's a legit real hammer and i'm like well that was the 80s yeah <laughs> it would have been a real hammer back then not a plastic one <laughs> and it just picks up and just gouches it in your eye and i'm just like oh yeah yeah that that was 80s oh yeah, yeah it would have been definitely a real hammer <laughs> diesel from the kill count what was your goods from this movie all right aside from the mouth of the chucky doll the way that the Chucky doll moved throughout this movie was really well done. I will say the animatronics and puppeteering and all that stuff that they used to make Chucky alive was great. Also, a little man. Yes. <laughs> they did use a little man for some of the scenes. Just jumping and off they, the bed. And, yeah. and they enlarged the room by a third scale. Okay. That that was actually one of the little fun facts about this movie is that when whenever they used the little person and it was just him because it would only be him in the shot for, you know, and they'd superimpose everything else. They would make everything bigger by one third because he was one third taller than Chucky. Okay, so it was kind of interesting. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Um, I do like that it did spark off a franchise because once you get into the Bride of Chucky, that's where I can start watching mm -hmm. when it gets so fucking meta and hilarious. But the originals, these movies, my cousins terrified me with these movies, and I, I don't think I can overcome it to get through the first two Child's Plays. So, Diesel, do you have any negatives 
for Child's Play, other than the fact that you don't like horror movies and are terrified of Chucky. Yeah. Uh, so with that being said, you can definitely tell it's dated. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. 100%. I was going to say that, yeah. And I don't know what it was about the 80s, but why did they have to force a sexual assault scene in every movie? Yeah, because they said the, the homeless yeah. guy pushes himself onto yeah. Andy's mom, yeah. and yeah. of course the, the detective Mike stops yeah. it from happening. Uh, yeah. well, you know, the, the, the one that just ha- happens to have the doll to buy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, like, d- that, um, a lot of plot armor. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot. There There is a lot of plot armor in this. Besides that, you know, Graham, my, my viewing was just the kills. That's pretty much all my takeaways were for the negatives. It just looked very dated. Um, besides that, though, no, no real negatives. It's just not my kind of movie. I got a negative. Then You wouldn't have noticed this from the movie, possibly. One of my big negatives is when, at one point in this movie, uh, Chucky goes to visit his, the, the voodoo doctor that he yeah. learned voodoo from, right? Yeah. And it's because he felt pain when he got shot. So he goes to kill uh, Mike, the detective Mike, who was also there to arrest him the night that he, and, and he actually shot and killed him because technically he, that's how, how Charles Lee Ray dies is he gets shot and killed by a cop. But before he does, he transfers his soul into a doll. So the problem is, is that once he transfers his soul into a doll, he doesn't feel any pain because he's a fucking doll. And there's a scene where him and Mike, he's in the car after Mike won't believe Karen and he's driving around. He tries to strangle Mike and it's during a car scene, which is crazy. So they're hitting stuff. And once again, the eighties, eighties needed a big car chase kind of why didn't you just stop, stop and pull over. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, the car flips and it's, it's the 1980s. So then Chucky's trying to finish off Mike and he gets shot. Well, he finally feels pain in that scene and he's like, what the hell? So he goes to see the voodoo doctor. And once again, it's magic. It's voodoo. We are, we're putting it aside because it's a movie. However, when he goes to see the voodoo doctor, do you guys remember how he kills the voodoo doctor? Who, by the way, tells him that this is where you finally find out that Chucky is becoming the doll and the doll is becoming human like because he needs to transfer his soul. Uh, do you remember how he kills the voodoo doctor, though? This was one of the kills I did get to see. He, he has a voodoo doll of the voodoo doctor. Yeah. Exactly. So if he can do voodoo dolls of people, why doesn't he just do a voodoo doll of the people he wants to kill and just no. kill them that way? No, 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 no. No, it's not that he made the voodoo doll. The doctor made a voodoo doll of himself and had it hidden. He goes, you shouldn't tell people where you hide this. Right. But so, so he might not have known how to make the voodoo dolls. I'm assuming he did because if you know how to transfer your spirit, I, I, I think you know voodoo dolls. Maybe, but that's I, like, just my take. But he's like, it just shows he's like, oh, do you need? I, I get what you're saying, but, no, 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 but no, the way it. that they play it off is yeah, it just to but, me it's like what the fuck. But my what the fuck on that is why would have if you're in the voodoo, why would you make your own voodoo doll? Because you that, can jerk yourself off, okay. give yourself the stranger. Yeah, you can just like start diddling yourself on the voodoo doll and just have a hands free come. Okay. Okay. That's where that, my mind goes. That, well, I, I, I'm, I, I, I'm not surprised your mind goes there, but whatever. I, I'm just saying, it was just a weird fucking kill to me. No, the plot armor is why voodoo, someone that's in the voodoo would have his own voodoo doll and tell people where it's at. You think you would keep that. True. But yeah, very. I, I would, uh, the only other things I say is bad about is I agree with you. It is dated like a son of a bitch. It's still a good movie, but it's dated. And there's a lot of fucking plot armor. You got to forgive a lot of plot there, armor in this movie. Yeah, like the the... Like the car, the car scene where he's like just step on the brake. Like you don't mm-hmm. have to, you don't stop have the to, car. You don't have to keep driving. 
It's a doll. It's not that strong. Oh, this... let's get back to that. It's a doll. It's not that strong. How the fuck is he fucking people up in this movie when you could just literally punt that motherfucker across the yeah. room? Like, like he doesn't have strength. It's not like he's jacked and muscular. It is literally a doll. Yeah. Because at first, nobody realizes that the doll is being inhabited by a human. And you can't really stop the car when he's shoving a butcher knife through the seat. You sort of got to, like, roll with the pinches on that one. Yeah, but that was, while he was getting choked, you stopped the car. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Then, then, then the knife didn't come through, and then all of a sudden, he's small enough to get underneath the car seat. Yeah. <laughs> the car. And he's go got through the base of ground. I don't know how he did that. <laughs> and then the the other thing is there's no windows on anything in the ja- in the prison or in the jail that mm-hmm. they keep Andy in. Like, it's all just bars, no windows. It's Chicago, people. <laughs> like, so Chucky's just walking through on the outside and just jumping in through the barred windows that have no windows. Yeah, I, I will also throw this out there. I did enjoy the fact that they did a lot of shooting in actual Chicago for the exteriors. I know the interiors they shot in California, but they did all, all the exteriors in uh, Chicago. So it was cool to see the L train and like different yeah. uh, views of the city. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it wasn't. But then again, I didn't think it was terrible to begin with. So like there's not a lot of bads. But it's, it's mostly based on the fact that it was dated and the plot armor and the logic of, like, they didn't really think the logic through. But I don't think they do that in a lot of movies. But then again, here I am bringing logic into a movie where a man transformed <laughs> his soul through voodoo into a doll. And I'm willing to go with that grass, so I should be willing to go with the rest, Yeah, if I'm not correct. Does anybody else have anything to add to the review portion? If not, you know what time it is. Time to play the game. Diesel looks stressed. Time to play the game! That's right, it's time to play the game! And of course, Ron is your reigning champion. Can Diesel win the throne back? Well, guess what? He's going to have to win the game. And the game is played simply like this. It is Price is Right rules. Closest to the number without going over, unless it's a tiebreaker. And then it's closest to the number because we don't do fucking ties, as I've always said. And this week, we I did the research. I said I was going to do it last week. I went above and beyond, and now we have five. Count them, five Ooh. questions. And I'm going to try to do this in the future. So I got them all written here. Oh, Jesus. And including a new one that we've never done before. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting. But Diesel, since you are the challenger, you get to go first. And this is one we were familiar with, and we start with all the time. It's IMDB out of 10 using points. What did they give Child's Play 1988? I'm going to go pretty low. 5.2. Ronald. I don't want to be a dick. I'll go 6. 5.2, 6, and... Ron gets the point. It was 6.6 out oh, of okay. 10. All right. Next up, Metacritic. We haven't done this one in a while, but it is Metacritic. It is out of 100%, so it is a percentage. Ron, you get to go first this time. What did Metacritic give? Child's Play 88. 55. Diesel. 61. Point goes to Ron. It was 66%. Or, yeah. No, sorry. It was 58%. 58. <laughs> okay. no, 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 no. Sorry, I said it wrong. <laughs> yeah. That was my fault. I have to switch between two screens because no, I was too stupid to not put the notes into my phone. You're fine. You're fine. You're good. Anyways, next up, we've got Rotten Tomatoes. And of course, this could be a flawless victory for Ron if he can get it. If not, Diesel needs to steal it. Diesel, you get to go first. 100%. What percentage did they give it on Rotten Tomatoes? Child's Play 88. 63. Ron. I'm going low. I'm going to say 40 to edge my bets. 
Diesel 63, 40 for Ron. Diesel gets the block. It was 71%. I didn't think it would be that high. I wouldn't, I wouldn't On Rotten Tomatoes. I would not have gone that high. Here's the new one, Ron. And it's also for the win because you're two to one right now. Amazon. Out of five using points, what did they give Child's Play 88? Three? Diesel. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> X for the ch- block, 3.1. <laughs> three, three point one. That means if it's lower than three, Ron wins. If it's higher than three, Diesel gets the point, and we're all tied up. It was actually you guys are going to be shocked about this. Four point six out of five on uh, I, I, Amazon. I, I, I didn't know where to go without. Yeah. We don't know if they're Google users. We don't know if they're Metacritic's. We don't know. Now we know. All right, here it comes. Google users for the tiebreaker. This is the closest to the number. Are you ready? Yeah. Out of 100%, what did Google users give? Child's Play 88. 89. 89 for Diesel. 88. Going lower. 88. And we do have a winner, folks. And your winner is... And still champion, Ron, because Google users gave the 78%. See that's low for Google users. Yeah. That is low. I was kind of shocked. I was actually going to go 82, but I was like, I can't give the chance of losing this. I have to go 88. So it was, it was, yeah. it was, uh, you went right below Diesel, so you got anything below and he got above, but yes, yeah, 78%. For, for, for once it worked. I've been doing this the whole entire time on this one and it hasn't worked at all. It did work. All right, gentlemen, we have come to the end, which means it is now time to give the nerd score and, of course, my critic score at the end. Of course, the nerd score is a combination of critic score, entertainment score, which means a movie could be terrible, but it gets extra points because it was really entertaining, and of course, a, a recommendation score. With that being said, the score is as simple as at the one level, it's no. That means don't go see this movie. It's terrible. It's horrible. It should never be watched by anybody. A two is you've been warned. That means you've been warned. That means it's not quite terrible, but it's also not good. Don't waste your time. Three is, ah, it's good. That means it's an average to good movie. And once again, you don't need to pay money to see it. You don't need to rush out to see it. But, you know, if it's on in the background or if you have a little extra time, go ahead and give it a watch. You won't regret it. It won't waste your time. But at the same time, there's no rush to go see it. At a four, it's just take my money. That means if it's in the theater, you should go see it in the theater. You can buy it. You can add it to your collection. No matter what, even if it's a movie that you don't have to do any of the above of, you should just watch this movie. This is a, it's a must watch. This is a, it's a good, like a very good to great movie. These are movies that are great to watch. You need to see them. And then of course, five level is certified nerd. That is the rarefied air. That is for the classics. That is for the greatest. That is for movies like Jaws. Jurassic Park. This year, unanimous ones included Spider-Man, No Way Home, and The Batman. And then, of course, other ones had one of us vote for them. But I just go by the unanimous ones when we're talking about this. So now it is time for the nerd score. Ron, what was your nerd score for Child's Play 88? I am actually probably going maybe a little bit higher than I should on this one. But because it is the good thing is it's only an hour and a half. And there's a couple parts do drag, so you kind of feel that those. So I can't give it a five, but I will give it a four because it is a classic. It did spawn a series. You you need to see it. Uh, the sci-fi the sci-fi series is great. So you know, see it, move on, watch it. It's a four. Diesel. 
Alright, so you gotta take this with a grain of salt. I am not a horror fan whatsoever. You all know this. That being said, I would say it is iconic. I, I can't go as high as a four, but I will go a three. I will go a solid three. This is a classic that spawned a huge franchise, but there are definite holes in this movie. Getting aside from the voodoo and all that, just like how you get from point A to point B is a little convoluted and kind of strange, but it's it's an iconic movie. I'm going to go with kind of the same logic. This is an iconic movie. It spawned a great franchise. And I'm going to go with the logic of Ron. I give this a four. I give it a just take my money. This is a movie that should be essential on a horror fan's list. If you're not a horror fan, I would say a three. You know, it's not yeah. really necessary watching. But if you're a horror fan, this is definitely a must watch. With that being said, my critic score, listen, this movie has been dated. Even back when it was out in the 80s, the nice part was they had really good, uh, the, the motion, the animatronic yeah. was really cool. They did some really breaking, groundbreaking stuff in 1988, so we can't take anything away from that. The best part, it was the ending where after he catches on fire and you just see the, the metal, like his hands become metal, like claws. Yeah. Because the because all the plastic's melting off. I mean, that was a really good touch that yeah. made that ending better. Yeah, the special effects and stuff for the time were amazing. I mean, it's dated now, but you still have to appreciate the fact that the animatronics and the special effects were great. And I'm not going to take anything away from that, but there's certain things, a lot of the plot armor, a lot of just the logic that comes with it. Once again, I understand I'm giving logic to a movie who has a man entering a voodoo doll. But with that being said... And not the way Diesel wants it. <laughs> with that being said, I give it a 7 out of 10. This is a classic movie. It's one of those movies that you have to kind of see. It's where it all began. And if you're a fan of horror, this is definitely one of those essential must-watch movies. With that being said, next week we are going back to brand new movies as next week's 3FN Movie Club review will be for Clerks 3. We're going to see Clerks 3 on Thursday, next Monday, when we record live. We will be talking Clerks 3 for the 3FN Movie Review. But that's going to bring us to the end of the show. But before we go, we got to pay some bills, which means it's time for some shameless plugs. And that means if you can hear my voice, you know how to find us. But do your friends know how to find us? Do their friends know how to find us? It's simple. Tell them to type 3FN into any podcast provider out there. And boom, there we are. While you're there, you might as well smash that subscribe or follow button so the show gets delivered to you automatically each and every week. And if you've done all of that and you haven't yet, Give us a five-star rating on whatever podcatcher you're using. It really helps us out. It costs you nothing, but it means the world to us. We're also on Facebook. Type in that search bar, 3FN Podcast. There you're going to find our page. You're going to like our page. You're going to comment, rate, review, help us spread the word of nerd. On Twitter and TikTok, we're at 3FN Podcast. On Instagram, we're at 3FN Pod. For all of the social medias, make sure you use that hashtag 3FN Pod whenever talking about the show. But nerds, I like my 12-year-old mermaids to be white and red-haired. <laughs> Three Fat Nerds Podcast at gmail.com. Right, now we have our double shot here. Make sure you're following us over on twitch.tv slash 607podcast. We have movie nights coming up, and there's all sorts of other specials. Make sure you're following us over there so you'll be the first to know if and when we go live on twitch.tv slash 607podcast. Also, if you would like to support the show monetarily for as little as $1 a month, just like our good friend John from The Pint did this past week, you can do that at patreon.com slash 3FN podcast. $1 a month. That's all it takes. There's two tiers, $1 and $3. How much do you want to help us out? It's pretty awesome, and you get a ton of extra bonus content, including the 3FN podcast, the day we record it. And it's the uncut, unedited, uncooked edition, so you get extra stuff from us, and you get to hear all the botches that you get to laugh about. So, I mean, it's win-win for everybody. Once again, if you'd like to support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash 3FN podcast. H-T-T-P colon 
backslash backslash 3FNPODCAST dot com. That's right, 3FNPodcast.com for all things 3FN Podcast. You can get all the information about the 3FN Podcast, 607TWS. You can visit friends of the show and find out more about the ODPH. Also, the links to the Patreon, T Public Store, and Twitch channel, all are there. Social media links, all there as well. Also, there's a music section where you can check out and support all the bands that support us, like the band that does our theme music, Shout Out the Robots. Make sure you support them on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp as well. While you're there, you also might as well take a look at our local sponsors because they help bring the show to you commercial-free every week. But we're going to give them a shout-out right now since they are so awesome. Firstly, to the people who provide us with the 8122 Production Studios. That's right, Dragon Master Games, located at 1235 Upper Front Street in Binghamton, New York. For all of your Magic the Gathering gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, DragonMasterGames.com. And if you're in the 607 or passing through the 607 and you would like to find out about events going on at the shop, it's simple. Like their Facebook page, Dragon Master Games. And thank you to Rexter Rods Auto Detailing, located at 2004 North Street in Endicott, New York. To call for an appointment, call 607-644-3389. When you're ready to put the pride back in your ride, don't forget to tell them the three fat nerds sent you. Of course, uh, Sci-Fi Horror Fest. Make sure you check them out because we just had the great event. We've got an even bigger one planned for next year, August 25th and 26th of 2023 in Vernon, New York at Vernon Downs. Right now, it's it's kind of the off season, but there's news and everything coming out all the time. Vendor tables are available as of October 1st. For all information, go to SciFiHorrorFest.com. Ronald? Two out of ten stars. In a word, disappointing. When I assess a movie made from a classic story, I usually go back to the cartoon version of Oliver Twist, where the producer, writer, and director decided it would be make a much better story if they added a talking frog. This wasn't that bad. I gave it a two because it was that mu- it wasn't that much better. I didn't hate it as much as my thirteen-year-old son, but I didn't like it. Part of the problem was probably we that we just finished reading the books this past week, and the better story and adventure was still fresh in our minds. There are problems that. I can overlook. Hobbits and dwarves grow and shrink from scene to scene. There is a gratuitous love scene added, and Soren promoted into the primary villain. But the thing that bothered me the most, and is really unforgettable, was the terrible miscasting of Elijah Wood as Frodo. Sam would seem to... Since Wood seems to feel that acting means opening your eyes wide and whining, it is really that surprising that he the director and the writers have turned out of the more appealing heroes in literature than total wimps the more he whined and the more disappointing i got i fear that frodo is in danger of being remembered not as an average guy with problems and desires and a thirst for adventure but into the extraordinary situation that is prevailing through his own grit brains and determination but as an ineffective dweeb paralyzed by situations beyond his control and cringing and whining his way towards his destiny two out of ten stars lord of the rings just sucks people well that's going to bring us to the end of this week's show hopefully you were entertained and you uh, enjoyed the show because that's what we strive for each and every week we will be back next time next week same bat time same bat channel and of course the 3fn movie club review will be of clerks three until then take care of yourselves take care of each other and most importantly Later, nerds. Later. Allison Mack did nothing wrong. <laughs> Lord of the Rings just sucks people.
Pixel. You catch my drift, Pixel Dick? It's gonna be so awesome. Listen, man, just so you know, Split's not happening now. Yeah, October 31st, got it. Right. Wait. So can we use the song? Uh, no, Tommy, you can't fucking use it because we're not doing the Split, man. Oh, Stop this recording. Is solo and a pop rock Listen, song? Listen, man, don't fucking change the subject. Who does that? Nobody does that. Uh, you. No, I just play by myself. Right. Yeah, you put solos in punk rock. No, I just, Wait, why the fuck am I even arguing with you, man? Song. You're an idiot. Listen. No. Use no, we're not going to be on there, Tommy, because there's no it, there's no split. Listen, Tommy, fuck you, fuck your band, your dog, your grandma, your 12th grade teacher. Listen, I, I don't want to be on your fucking split, Tommy.